It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1 Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson, as always, joined by Dave Galloway and this week by Fraser Fivey. And Dave starting off with events at Pataudry yesterday. No win for the Dons, but all in all a better performance than we've seen in recent weeks. Absolutely. The attitude was absolutely spot on. If there's a way to lose a football match, Alan, I think that was it. And, you know, it's not very often Aberdeen lose a football match at home and still get a standing ovation from the pitch. But I think the fans could really appreciate the the way the players gave everything, they left everything out on that pitch. And Derek McInnes, he was very pleased with his side's approach. You'll probably say that the conditions were difficult and it was a leveller, but the game still got to get played for both sets of players. And for me, we, we got after Celtic. I thought we were a better team uh, with Celtic in a back five. When Celtic changed to back four, I thought we were a better team then. And we spoke at half-time about the mentality of the Celtic player next door. At no point did they ever um, accept um, not winning, and every one of them next door would be thinking that they're going and uh, they have to go and win the game because that's the demand on them. And we spoke and asked them, our players, that we have to have the exact same mindset: do not settle for a point. And at no point in the game did I think, other after when they scored, when we would have took a point. But up until they scored the second goal, at no point did my team look as if they were going to settle for a point. Well, all in all, a decent. Performance, no points, Fraser, but I think a professional performance and kind of more encouragement than what we've seen against the old firm recently. It's especially last time Celtic were up here, 4 0 up by half time. Positive signs from Aberdeen. No, it was definitely a, a performance um, that they can be proud of. Um, I thought, as Derek McInnes said there, I think that they gave a very good account of themselves and I think a draw would have been a fair result on the day. Um, just unfortunate that Celtic are in. Uh, that run of form, they're just ticking off boxes in terms of they're just ticking off games, r- try to get um, the points on the board, and that's what they're doing. Well, that's it, Dave. I think it was unfortunate timing for Aberdeen after looking to get back to winning ways against Hamilton. Good performance, and then the last thing you want is the champions coming to Pataudry on the back of that one. Yeah, and that, that's just what Celtic do, isn't it? You know, that's what all really good sides do. They just have something in their locker that they can dig out uh, a moment of genius that can turn a game and, and you know, the the way that they worked up to their uh, second goal, their winning goal, you know, there was some um, great football played there. You have to take your hat off to them for that. They're, they're just a relentless machine at the moment and, you know, it's difficult to stop them um, winning nine in a row and quite possibly ten in a row. Um much to Rangers' frustration, but um, you know they, they've done they've done ever so well. But you know, like we say, great positives that you could take for Aberdeen. I mean, we went into this um, three-game spell knowing that Hamilton was a must-win, a good positive performance, and hopefully a positive result was a must against Celtic. We certainly got the positive performance, and. Also, Kilmarnock in the cup, which we'll come to uh, in a short while, away on on Wednesday. That's that's almost like a cup final before a cup final. But I think in the lead up to that game, there's a lot of positivity and a lot of belief going around Pataudry, and that that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was it was looking a bit ropey for a while, Fraser. And obviously, you've been in situations like that throughout your career. What's it like in the dressing room when that pressure is really on from the outside? 
Um, it's difficult, um, but you have to stick together in the dressing room, and you know that results will, will come if you if you're doing the right things. And um, I think the last two games, Aberdeen have been really impressive. I know, obviously, they didn't get the three points against Celtic at the weekend, but I think midweek he changed it up. I think the players that he put in bring a bit more energy. To the, to the side again, stuck with him on, on Sunday, and I thought like Curtis Main, for example, um, he led the line really well in the first minute of the game. He um, sent Julian to the floor. That sets the tone for the rest of the game. He, they're right up on the game, a lot more energy, a lot more aggressive. The last time Celtic were at Petodri, they never laid a glove on them. So I think that that was the difference in the last two games, and obviously the quality um, in their play the last two games has has, has definitely gone up. Well, yeah. that's it, Dave. I think it, it both 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 games this week, Maine's been fairly impressive after me slaughtering him last Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he, he he didn't get his name on the score sheet yesterday, but he was at the backside to the, the Celtic defenders and he caused an awful lot of problems. Also, like you say, in the Hamilton game, he scored a lovely goal. He had a, another goal disallowed for a marginal offside and he definitely merits his, his place up front, um, whether it's on his own or whether it's with Sam Cosgrove. He's certainly given the, the manager food for thought. And that, that was the challenge that Derek McInnes put down. You know, prove to me, front players, that it's not all about Sam Cosgrove. Take a bit of the, the pressure off him. And I, I, I certainly think that um, Curtis Main has done that. Well, that's it. He's, he's, take, he's taking his time to settle, but he kind of looks like the player I think we thought Aberdeen had signed at the start of the season. He's kind of been posted missing in the first half, but hopefully he can kick on from this now. Yeah, look, players take time to settle at clubs. Um, I think over, you look over the last three, four years of uh, Derek McInnes' sides, the turnover of players he's had to deal with has been quite high. So, in all his good players that he lost in terms of Kenny McLean, uh, Ryan Christie's away, Rooney went away, Ryan Jack went away. Um, Johnny Hayes, McGinn went away and then came back. You're talking about key, key players that when they were reaching cup finals, these guys are mainstays in the team. So to replace these guys, it takes time. And I think it'll just eventually come um, to the team. I think that obviously McGeoch coming in, I think Ojo was fantastic again on Sunday. Um, I think he's a real asset in there. Obviously, Lewis Ferguson is still young. Cosgrove still young. So these boys need time. So I think, um, as I say, I think it'll eventually just come in time that the performances and get back to levels where they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, Fraser, that um, you know recent performances from Aberdeen. It's a great way to answer back. You know, critics of of the manager. He's shown a lot of character. I think to to deal with some. Some pretty vitriolic stuff that's come from from certain supporters, which has been you know way over the top in some cases. No, exactly. And I, look, questions are always going to get asked when the when the performances and the results aren't there as of a, of a manager. But you look at the record of Derek McKenna since he came into Aberdeen and and where they were the two three years before it. So I think he's got them in the top three each year um, since he's came in. I think that the players that he brings in are usually go on to better things or he takes low knees then go back to clubs and, and, and they end up making a place in a team like Ryan Christie has at Celtic so um, I don't think that um, the the noises will affect him too much because he knows how to deal with it obviously he's, he's an experienced manager now um, but obviously you've always got to pr- prove your point in football you've always got to to um, an- answer your critics in the right way and he's, he's always done that yeah, that's it, Dave. And we've mentioned there, just uh, as I mentioned, Ojo's had a big impact on the team, but it looks like we could be missing him for a few weeks now. 
Yes, um, Derek McInnes uh, gave us an injury update after the Celtic game yesterday. It's another big blow and he tells us uh, what's up with uh, Funzo. He's got, uh, I think it's 15 stitches into his knee, and his kneecap, so... Um, thankfully, I didn't, didn't realise it was stitches and just went and seen him before, so um, he'll miss Wednesday night, unfortunately. But it's a really nasty deep cut right on the... The patella really on the bend where the knee is, so um, I think he might make Saturday Ross County because it's probably five, six days for that to really settle. Um, but I've um, just been told he'll be out for Wednesday. Yeah, it was a big, big blow there, Fraser. You've mentioned the impact he's had since he came into the team, and I think it, we, we saw the benefit of having a settled team for, the, for those two games in a week. We're now going to have to change it up for a big, big game on Wednesday night. No, definitely. Um, obviously, cup game and in midweek and um, one they'll be looking to win um, I think obviously if he's out for, for Wednesday night then McGee probably comes in um, it's not a bad replacement to put in there so I think as I say they'll be fine but obviously to get that continuity in the team is always always good um, so I do think when obviously if he's fit for Saturday then he'll be back in because I do, I do think the composure he's brought the last two games has been really good And just finally on, on the weekend's game Dave I thought McLennan had a very very good performance but we can't not mention the dive. <laughs> oh dear! I I don't quite know what was going through <laughs> Connor's mind there. A, a little a, a little blot on the copybook uh, that that maybe took a little bit of the shine away from what was a an excellent performance. Uh, I mean, he always does his best for the side, <laughs> Fraser. But um, you you wonder maybe what was going through his mind when that happened. I think he's obviously just expecting a bit of contact. Um, to be fair, um, you can't really argue with the, the decision it's a yellow card um, for diving for me um, so he, look you just move on from them moments you learn from him he's he's still young um, he might not do it again <laughs> I'm but, sure the manager will have had a wee word yeah I think I think it's one of those he was, he was clearly expecting the challenge but I mean it, it, have, have you ever done it we expected the challenge going down and felt a little bit silly on the end of it <laughs> I've done it more than once I um, it's not something that I'm proud of but um like you, you, you learn from these things and you learn probably not to do them but you look at all the best players in the world sometimes they do it as well so um, if it falls for you it falls for you if it doesn't it doesn't but it's not something I like to see No, and it, it is one of those I think he could have picked a better game to do it in front of the Sky cameras they had it from every single angle yeah I'm sure he probably felt a little bit embarrassed and I'm sure the manager probably didn't need to say much to him. I'm, I'm sure he would have gone, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that one again. But, you know, looking at the positives, um, Derek McInnes has thrown him back into the side and he's he's played very well. He was very good against Hamilton as a as a wing back and he played very well against uh, Celtic. And really, he should keep his place in the side for Wednesday. Absolutely, and we'll come on to Wednesday in a little bit But before that, let's round up the rest of the weekend's oh, games If we must You're looking forward to this one, aren't you Dave? No, uh, well, let's, well let's, like like a hole in the heat eye let's, um, let's move on to the predictor yes. Do you want to do it or do you want me to? Nah, no, I'll do it, I'll do it I'll do it, I'm a glutton for punishment I'll run over the, uh, the points from the weekend games um, I got a grand total of one Um just about managed the, the zero. I don't think anybody's ever had a zero before, have they? No, I don't think so. I came damn close to it. I hit the bar with that one. Um, the Red Army, i.e. Mr. 5E, sitting to my left. Uh, very very creditable eight. That's good. Uh, Mike got seven. Um, 
Alan got 10. That's you, sir. Well done. Uh, Dave Mack got five. Bit of an off day for him. And Mr. Andrew Shiny, 10. So, how the league table looks is this. Um, Andrew is 113 points, four clear of Dave Mack on 109. Then it's yourself, Alan, on 104 points. Uh, Mike, some way behind, on 96. Red Army on 88. And me, propping up everybody else. I must be very strong. I'm holding everybody up. I've got 80, so I'm staring relegation and probably a sacking in the face. It is. I think the... the, the, the kind of campaign for McInnes out has died down Galloway out Galloway out I've, I've, I've taken the heat off the manager so I've done him a big favour there so we'll start off then Saturday Hearts against Hamilton massive game at the bottom of the table two each Fraser how did you see that one going well, I, I said it was going to be what did I say 2-1 Hearts you, you, you said 2-1 um, I, I think obviously Hearts are in real trouble Um and obviously Hamilton will do what they can to stay up as as normal, but I'm really worried about Hearts. Yeah, you you you've got to you've got to admire Hamilton Aki's an absolute shoestring of a budget, but they've got they've got a very good manager. They've got some very good um, young players. I I went for two uh, one also. It, it, it was two two, but you would think that if Hamilton hadn't got a man sent off, they would have held on um, for for a victory after going two ahead at that, one stage. That's it. And I think we've been saying for weeks we expect Hearts to get out of it because Hearts are too big to go down. I think we we know that phrase, too big to go down, isn't true in Scottish football. I, I'm beginning to have second thoughts about that now, to be honest. I mean, I, I've always predicted Hamilton to go down, but, you know, I, I can see, I, I mentioned this a while back, I, I, I can see the same scenario happening with Hearts as happened with Hibs under Terry Butcher. They were fifth at one place, uh, at one stage. Uh, they were cruising... Uh, they were doing very well, they were very comfortable and then they just plummeted down the, the table and we all thought, oh no, too big to go down, too good to go down. Oh, they're down. So if it can happen to Hibs, it can happen to Hearts. That's it. It's, it's that ba- and it's that battling side that Hamilton have because Hamilton are in there every year. The players know what it takes through those final weeks of the season to keep themselves up. It's whether Hearts have got the players that really have that fight in them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And obviously they've not shown that so far. You would think the new manager coming in would give them a a bit of a kick on but that that effect's not happened this time um, and look in the championship a few years ago there was Rangers Hibs Hearts um, all at one time when I was playing on it so look you're never too big to go down um, I think that's the main thing and they look they really have to pull themselves together because they're running out of games yeah, they certainly are so on to obviously Motherwell St Mirren postponed on Saturday yep. Ross County St Johnston, Dave, you were at that one. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a, a a good a good first half, I think. Um, St St Johnston played some really good stuff in the first half. Large parts of the second half were instantly forgettable. But then, as full time beckoned, the game opened out a lot, and it, it was a thrilling ending to the game. It ended one one with County equalising in the ninety fourth minute. It was an absolute. Um, Mud bath of a pitch, very testing conditions, but uh, not a bad game overall. I went for um, I went for two one uh, to St Johnston. Uh, Fraser uh, went for one one, so hit the nail on the head there. You d- you just knew Billy Mackay was going to score there, didn't you? In the ninety fourth minute, he always pulls one out, does he? He does, he does, as all good strikers do. So on to Sunday's games. How did we get on with Aberdeen Celtic, Dave? Uh, well, I, I went for 1-1. One, one. 
it so nearly was 1-1. Fraser again was bang on the money with uh, 2-1 Celtic and it was indeed 2-1 uh, Celtic. Uh, we, we haven't done Kilmarnock Hibs, I don't think. I went for um, I went for 1-1. Fraser went for 3-1 Hibs and it was in fact 2-1 Hibs. So, you know, Hibs, Hibs doing well, building up a, a bit of momentum yeah, now. That's it for the good, good win for your former side. Jack Ross coming around the same time as Stendhal. I think we had many discussions on this this show around that time saying if both clubs looked like they needed to get rid of the managers and replace them and Jack Ross was available and Hibs got in there first looks like the right appointment oh it definitely is you can just see them they're just creeping up the, the league slowly um, without too many people noticing but I think they're putting in some real good performances now don't get me wrong they've already, they've already got really good players but the additions in January with McNulty coming in um, gives them real firepower as well, and they've already got that that defensive side to their game. I think I think their defence is fine, but I think they needed to add that a little bit more. And obviously, Dodge is firing all cylinders just now. McNulty coming in pushes him on as well to stay in the side. So I think it it's great for Hibs, and obviously Jack Ross, has, as I say, has, has had that effect that Stendhal has not had at Hearts. Yeah, big 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 difference, Dave. We did we did speak about it. We we thought that would be the case that. Whoever got Jack Ross was probably going to be safe out of those two. Yeah, I mean, Jack Ross did a, a wonderful job with St Mirren, didn't he? He was, he was very, very unlucky by the looks of things down at uh, Sunderland. Um, you know, I, th- I think if they'd stuck with him, he would have done fine for them and he would have eventually got them got them back up to where they uh, belong. But Sunderland's loss definitely uh, hibs his gain. He's, he's a nice guy as well, but um, also a, a, a very good manager, very good tactically. And finally on Sunday, after being cancelled on Saturday and very quickly rearranged, Rangers at home to Livingston. Yeah, I, I've never heard of that one happening before. A game being postponed and then suddenly, oh, we're going to play it tomorrow. C- certainly not what? in a top flight game. No, no, absolutely not. You know, and, and Livingston, understandably, were frustrated because they wanted the game played on uh, Monday night because you know it, it was logistically very difficult just to turn things around as an away team and oh. Back to back to where you were yesterday. Just go back the next day, um, but um, Rangers certainly not firing on all cylinders. It has to be said. Yeah, it's a very strange situation. Obviously, you've been down down south through the leagues down south, Championship now League Two in Scotland. Have you seen anything like that? No, I've never seen a, a match rearranged for the next day. Uh, I have to say, but um, Livingston's not that far away. So look, they, they got the game um, done. Um, so they can't complain too much. Obviously, Rangers are just kind of hanging in there, aren't they? Um, I think, look, they've got a lot of points to claw back. But uh, it was another shaky performance by them, obviously. I, I think I don't think it was too convincing. I, I don't know why the pitch at Ibrox is as bad as it is. Um, it didn't too, look too good at the time. Obviously, speaking to a couple of people, I know there as well. The, the, um, the, the, the pitch is not in good condition, so that won't help them at all because the style they play. Yeah, and, that's and they've got a lot of games coming up. They've got European tie this week as well. A lot of games to come. They've still to find a date for that St Johnston game. It's, it's going to be really difficult for Rangers to pull it back now. You think, don't you, Dave? No, uh, well, well nigh impossible, barring a, a catastrophic collapse. I think I think the only team that can stop Celtic winning the title is Celtic if they implode, and you really can't see them doing that under under Neil Lennon. Very very astute, very good manager, very good coach. No, well, I think that's it. I don't want to spend too long on this, no. but it was that that pre-Christmas period where Celtic weren't playing well. They were finding the way to get the job done. Yeah, and and that that's what champions generally do. Whereas Rangers are now not playing well, and and the points are disappearing fast. No, exactly. And obviously, I've played under Lennon. Um, we 
managed to win the league and the championship to get us back into the Scottish Premiership at the time and at the uh, business end of the season it was literally look lads I don't really care how you get up but make sure win every game from now until the end of the season he is an absolute winner to the tee he will make sure that the preparation's right everything's right to the tee for the boys to go on the pitch um, and, and win the game and as, as I say like you watch the performance again on Sunday Aberdeen v Celtic you think Aberdeen probably deserved the point but again Celtic just churning out results and that's all he'll be expecting from now until the end of the season that's it Dave doesn't matter if it's pretty as long as you win no absolutely absolutely I'm, I'm talking about things not being pretty but um, a magnificent result for for Cove on, on, on Saturday Fraser um, Dan Higgins and Rory McAllister in the 88th minute uh, getting the victory a real character from the guys no, definitely. It was, a, it was a good performance, obviously, and the, the conditions was tough. Um, but I think we were the better side on the day. Obviously, they had chances. We had chances. If it came away in a draw, it might have been fair. But at the end of the day, we nicked it. And obviously, it's a great result for us. It puts us six points clear of them. Yeah, the the the, the way that you ground out that one, it's, it's kind of got all the hallmarks of, of the manager, doesn't it? And his, his winning mentality. Yeah, look, uh, obviously the gaffers uh, played at the highest level as well, and obviously playing with him at Aberdeen, I know what he's like, and look, he's he's helping um, all the part-time boys out really well in, in terms of the way we want to play, and he gets his point across so well, and, and and we enjoy playing under him, and it's a really good place to be at the minute, and as I say, if we keep churning out these results, um, is what we want to do until the end of the season now, and, and, and tick off every game. Is it just a case, I know it's a cliche, it's terribly cliched, is it just a case of one game at a time, take the box, move on? No, that's exactly it and that's the only way we are looking at it. Um, look, we've been eight points ahead at one point in the season I think and and then Edinburgh have clawed their way back, they're, they're a good side no doubt, we're a good manager as well who I really like. Um, so by no way is it finished, it's six points clear, we've still got to play them away from home I think. Uh, we've got Queen's Park on Saturday which will be a tough game as well. So and I think they've won every game since uh, McKinnon, um, Ray McKinnon went in there. So that'll be a tough one. Yeah, he he certainly made a a, a terrific impact, uh, Ray McKinnon. So you, you just like you say, you can't afford to take any team lightly. And and you know Queens Park is definitely in in that category. No, exactly. And as I say, I, I've played under Ray as well at Dundee United. Um, I know what he's like. He's a good coach. He's taken his assistant, Laurie Ellis, who I know well as well from United, who's another good coach. Two guys that I've got a lot of respect for, so I know what they'll be doing on the training ground and stuff. Um, so they'll be working hard, and, and obviously the results have shown that. Tell me more about the um, the wind tunnel that was Balmoral Stadium on, on, on Saturday. Is that is is that as difficult uh, conditions as you've as you've ever played in? Should the game have been stopped? Uh, it was tough conditions in terms of the wind and the rain. It was really, really tough because um, at certain points you couldn't really see. It was like 10 yards ahead of you. But the pitch obviously helps in terms of getting the ball down and playing. Um, last week at Elgin, that was that was tough. That When we got beat 3-0, fair play at Elgin because um, both teams got to play in them conditions. But the pitch was patchy. The wind, the, every time a goalkeeper kicked it in the first half, it was coming back to him. Um, that was conditions where I just uh, it was so hard that a game should never be on um, but even again on Saturday against Edinburgh City it was it was tough in terms of the wind and the rain but obviously the pitch getting the ball down on the floor um, is, is never an issue on that pitch Did, did you have a wee word with the ref to say what, what's going on? Yeah I did yeah um, 
he when it was one one both teams were kind of like look we could probably call this off it was it was that bad at certain times in in the game um, but I think he'd travel up from Edinburgh, so he just went back down the road, and the game finished. <laughs> that that's that's incredible. An Edinburgh referee refereeing a game involving a team from from Edinburgh. I mean, if, if that happened in the top flight, say an Aberdeen referee refereeing a game between say Aberdeen and Rangers, Aberdeen and Celtic, there'd be all hell to pay, wouldn't there? I, I don't think it'd be um, too, too many people happy about it. Um, but to be fair, um, he wasn't too bad in the day. Um, Obviously, I would say he was a slight bias towards Edinburgh, but um, no, no, to be fair, I mean, he was all right. I think that's it, isn't it? The referee's always biased for the other team, isn't he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But no, I think, uh, to be fair, um, he had a decent game. Um, a couple of decisions are always questionable by referees, are you? Um, but no, look, he, he was decent, and obviously, we, we go on to win the game, so we don't complain at all. Fair to say, though, Fraser, you're really enjoying your football now. You've 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 been through the mill on a number of occasions with serious in injuries and that, but you've always bounced back, and you you seem to be in a really good place right now with Cove. No, look, it's great. I'm injury free, which is the main thing for me. I'm obviously doing two ACL reconstructions is is never nice, and um, but you just got to battle on, and um, obviously I, I love playing football, and and Cove's a great place to be at the minute. Um, the pitch is good, the club's good, the people there are good. So when a club's like that, I can never question where you are. And if you're happy, that's the main thing. What about um, life at Aberdeen? I know that Mark McGee, about, I think, 11 years ago, he, he slapped a £10 million <laughs> price tag on you. <laughs> what, did that have any, any impact on you at all? No, I don't think so. I, I think my granny took me in that day and says, you're no worth £10 million. <laughs> um, So... It didn't have too much. I obviously got a bit of stick in that in the dressing room for at the time. Um, obviously, a young boy coming in um, to play for your local club is always brilliant. Should have stayed a little longer, uh, people will say. But, um, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed every minute when I played for them. Um, I enjoy going to watch them now. I'm doing obviously a wee bit of commentating and stuff. So, um, no, look, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself and, and what I'm doing now. What about the you were you were at Aberdeen for three years? You played nearly sixty games. What what about the managers you you played under at uh, Pittori? Some some characters there. Yeah, obviously Mark McGee. Obviously, giving my debut um, was was fantastic for me. I think he had a bit of a hard time. Um, obviously, we had a lot of a lot of experienced pros at the time, and um, it, I don't think it just didn't quite gel between between everybody. So he ended up. Um, leaving um, with along with his assistants and obviously Craig Brown came in who's still at the club now and, and managed to steady the ship a little bit um, get a few players in and then I think obviously Derek McInnes came in after that which I just left before he came in Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, we've we've touched upon the knee injuries, and you you, you suffered the first one. I think it was Aberdeen were away to Alloa. Your, your studs caught on the turf. That was that that was horrific. Yeah, that was not that was not nice. Um, Obviously, just try to turn. I've tried to chase up somebody, and um, my leg went one way, and my body went the other. So it kind of just snapped. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too nice. Um, but as I say, the the rehab I got from the two physios, David Wiley and um, John Sharp, at the time was 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 fantastic. And I think John Sharp's back there now. Um, he's a top top physio Good and a top top guy. Yeah, he's he's a man. And there were a lot of characters that you played with at Aberdeen I'm sure were you were you one of the sort of jokers in the pack and you there were I know there were a, there were a, a few of them around at that time were, were you one of them no I was probably the one just getting picked on I was just getting um chucked in wheelie bins chucked in like uh, just normal bins lights go off in the dressing room just uh, bins getting chucked at yeah but it was great um <laughs> it, it was good patter 
um, from the boys. Obviously, you had like Darren Mackey looked after us, Derek Young. Um, you had obviously Charlie Mulgrew, Lee Miller, Mark Kerr. You had all these experienced players, Richard Foster. Um, but it was it was a real good dressing room, and it was a, it was good to learn from the boys as well. So um, yeah, look, I, I loved every minute of it. Best wind up you've you've been on the receiving end of, or, or that you that you've witnessed at Aberdeen, and anything that sticks out in particular. Oh, um, I, I can't say that one. <laughs> well, we can bleep it out. I can't say that one. All um, right, but <laughs> you tell us once we're finished recording. <laughs> For legal reasons, yeah. <laughs> I probably Aye. that's the best way, but not. <laughs> no. There's been a few boys been tied to a few things and left. Um, let's say um, at certain in certain places had to run back to the club. You know what it's like. You know, no training grounds. Used to get on the buses and and um, go over to Bulgownie, get the goals out. So a couple of boys have been left there a few times and had to get make their own way back. That was that was quite good. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, it's a, a heated environment sometimes at a football club. It, have you been involved in or, or witnessed any big sort of bust ups with Aberdeen? No, I, that's one thing I never really um, I witnessed. I was uh, I was never any fighting or anything like that. Richard Foster hit the, hit the ground a few times with his fist. Um, he can get a wee bit angry, but no, I think... Um, Picked I was, a fight with the ground. Uh, maybe, <laughs> there was maybe a few arguments with him and Archie Knox at the time. That was quite um, quite funny, and obviously you don't want to get on the wrong end of Archie. So um, it, was, look, it, it was great, but no, there was nothing ever um, over the top. That's a, that's very 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 sanitized response. Not, not what I expected. I'm disappointed. You, you can see you can spo- <laughs> you can spot the former players we have in here that are trying to get into media, and then the, the players that are still involved and the ones that want to be in media. Okay. Uh, you you you'll keep certain stories for your autobiography in a few years' time. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll write that though. <laughs> no, oh so goodness me! Other than that, you touched on Fraser. I think there there was some criticism aimed at you at the time you left about yeah. going too young. Yeah, how did that come about? What was what was the um, was, it, was there ever a thought of staying, or was it as soon as the the, the Wigan move came about, was that you, where you knew you wanted to be? Take take that step, take that big kind of leap into the big club early. Um, obviously, I'd I'd played for for two years. Well, I had two years and obviously a year out with an injury. Um, but obviously, I, I did think about staying. Of course, I did. But I think when a Premier League club comes after you, um, it was always my dream to to play in the. The Premier League, it was always a big ambition of mine and I obviously had a conversation with, with Craig Brown, who was manager at the time and um, obviously I, I was out of contract so I was able to go and speak to um, Roberto Martinez um, and he, he, to be honest, he, he blew my mind away what what he, he was telling me, he really sold me uh, the move and like, I, I wanted to go and play for him, his style of play suited me, I, obviously I'm, I play with the ball on the, on the floor and that to a T is how he played and how he set up, I didn't didn't go there and play, unfortunately, um, for me. But that first year was a real, real learning curve. Um, off a now you see as a a world class manager, he's got obviously the best, the best side in, in the rankings. I think Belgium are still first, first or second, aren't they? Um, so to go and learn off him just just for that year alone was was probably the, one of the best things I've ever done. So what what is that like for a young player, kind of going from going and getting the goals out at training to to a Premier League club, which I'm sure was slightly different. Um, it was it was a big eye opener for me um, in terms of obviously the players I was going to play with was obviously you got your Scottish internationals who were there like Sean Maloney, Gary Caldwell, 
Um, your Irish international was um, James McCarthy at the time. Um, we all obviously had internationals all over the team. So the quality went up like 100% in training. If you lost the ball once, they would punish you and score. It was literally that good, and that's a team that's obviously at the bottom of the Premiership at the time, and we got relegated that season, unfortunately. But um, I think just the style and manner that Martinez played and wanted everybody to to sing off the same hymn sheet um, was was different class. Doesn't matter if we went to Burnley away or Old Trafford away, we played the exact same way every time. Uh, we played with the ball on the floor. We made sure we we were always. Usually we'd probably get most possession. Um, if it was a possession game, we'd have probably a lot more won game. Uh, won a lot more games, sorry. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the way it is. But he always stuck to his guns, and that's one thing I've always, I've always took me that he always, you always stick with your style, and whatever your style is, is that I think you've got to stick with it and, and believe in it uh, massively. And that's one thing I do, and obviously the way I play, and obviously doing my coaching badges now, that's one thing I'll do um, when, when I, when I hopefully go into that. Yeah, well, and also then back up. Back up to Scotland, kind of a few loan spells from Wigan, then back up to Scotland at Hibs to start with, wasn't it? Yeah, back to Hibs, yeah. Um, I, I uh, didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. I, I'd obviously went through a turn of managers. Um, when Martin has left, I, I, I wasn't needed, to be honest. So that was tough to take, but another, to be fair, great learning curve. It was the best learning curve that I've ever had. It was a real eye-opener. First year was fantastic, obviously winning the FA Cup and um, being a part of that was, was incredible. Obviously, second year, your your require, requirements aren't needed. Um, so you go out and loan a couple of times. Didn't didn't enjoy it at all where I was. Uh, went back, obviously, and changed a manager into Uwe Rossler, who was the worst man manager I've ever ever experienced. Um, and I think all the boys there at the time would tell you that he was brilliant on the training ground, though. His training drills second and on fantastic but just could not manage the players and that's why he ended up losing his job um, obviously then Malky Mackay came in after that and he just obviously I think we were in a bit of a, a, a hard time uh, in terms of uh, where we were sitting in the league so he came in and says look you son you just need to go and play and that, to be the fact that he's come in straight honestly with me was not going to get a, get a chance to even show what I could do but the fact he came and told me the truth I went and obviously uh, spoke to Hibs and um, there was a guy called John Doolan there at the time who was assistant he used to be the reserve coach at Wigan so obviously I spoke to him on the phone he said look come up manager wants to speak to you so drove up uh, literally an hour got there a couple of hours after um, I'd been um, me and Wigan had done the mutual consent um, leaving and then just went up and spoke to him and literally they said, look, go and play for six months, go and enjoy yourself. I think they gave me like 265 quid a week um, just to go and play. Uh, people um, w- w- thought I was getting big bucks to go to Hibs or whatever. It was it was not the case. It was something like 265 quid. And um, go and play for six months. And look, you'll, obviously I'd been paid off by Wigan, so I was yeah. all right in terms of um, that. But I went and played for six months, played some of the, go back to what I was doing at Aberdeen. Um, really enjoy myself, full of confidence again, and they gave me a new two-year deal, which I was thankful for. And I look, I loved every minute at Hibs. It was, it was the best time in my career in terms of the style of play we played, the manager I had, how I felt um, in terms of I, I felt wanted, whichever player needs. I think um, you had a real support network if you ever needed anything off the pitch. 
because you had boys like Anthony Stokes coming in, obviously well-renowned for having problems off the pitch. You had Jason Cummins, everyone, he likes a laugh, he likes a beer. But Stubbsy knew how to handle that, the club knew how to handle that, and Liam Dempster, she was obviously running things behind the scenes. It was it was a fantastic time, and obviously going on to win the cup and uh, win the league was 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 fantastic thing to do with that football club and something I'll always remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what people forget about you, Fraser, is I think obviously you burst onto the scene with Aberdeen so young. I think at the point you won the Scottish Cup with Hibs, you must have been twenty four, twenty three or twenty three. Twenty four. Yeah. I, I think I think people people forget that's only a couple of years ago. You're still you're still reason in football terms. You're still a reasonably young player. I'm only twenty six. Exactly. That's. <laughs> I think I think that's it. I think we we've been aware of you for so long. I think it feels like you should be a lot older. Yeah. Look, I've had this comment, and you've you've you've, you've, you've Put a heck of a lot into a career for someone who's only 26. Yeah, um, obviously. Look, I've, I, I would like to do more. Um, obviously, you get your setbacks, you get your injuries. Sometimes it takes its toll, you know. Um, some people will say it, it has. Some people will say it's not. I, I feel, as I say, I feel good now, and um, I think that's the main thing. And I mean, I think the main thing is as long as you're happy where you are, and it doesn't matter if you're you're full time, you're part time, you're not playing football, you are playing football. I think as long as you're happy and in your head and um, uh, that, that's a good thing, and that's where I am at the minute. I was, and just finally, I think we said we touch on Cove. Where, where did where did the Cove move come from? Obviously, after leaving United, you've now ended up at Cove. Were there other options? Was it what, what were the deciding factors? Was it being back home? Was that um, was that was that a big thing for you? Obviously, I, I left United. Um, it was just I had another year on my contract, but they, obviously there was a clause in there that they they could cancel my contract. So I think to be fair, both ha- parties were happy. I was delighted to get away. I was. I was travelling from here to St Andrews and back every day, which, which just wasn't good for me. Um, don't get me wrong; I enjoyed my time at the club. Good football club, some really good people behind the scenes as well. Um, didn't quite do what I wanted to do with the club in terms of obviously helping them get back up the leagues, um, which hopefully they're going to do this year. It looks like they've, they've probably already done it. Um, but then obviously leaving there, I had time to think and I had a couple of options. I went. Um, to a team in Greece to train with for a couple of weeks and, and see if I liked it. So they were going to offer me something, but it turned out my missus was obviously pregnant um, and she was due in September. So everything just didn't quite work out. And obviously I'd always been along to to Cove to watch games whenever I could because obviously I, um, a lot of my mates play for them that I've grew up with from the youth team all the way up and obviously they're still, um, still good friends with and I uh, got a good relationship with, with Grant Muirhouse, which is obviously Keith Muirhouse's son, who's the, who's the chairman. So I've always went up and they've always been great to me and stuff. And they let me come in uh, and train. Um, and it was kind of just to the point where like, I, had, I could have went abroad, but it just wasn't right. So I signed for Cove and I'm glad I did because I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, the club have been great with me. I've enjoyed obviously playing up with the boys, playing um, with good mates of mine again since I've played with as a kid. Um, so as I say before, if doesn't matter what level you're playing at, as long as you're happy, and we're a good side, so it's enjoyable to play in as well. Because as I say, um, going along with a style of playing, things like I said earlier, we play a good style of play of football. We we are probably outside, in my opinion, outside the old form, and. I don't know anyone that plays better football than us in terms of trying to get the ball down and play the proper way. So um, it's a real enjoyable place to be. Fantastic. Well, hopefully. What's, what's, what's the future hold? Do you know? Are you, are you planning? Obviously, saying you're doing your coaching badges. Is that is that the next the next kind of goal for you to get those done and 
see where things go or is there still, still ambitions that you haven't quite fulfilled as obviously, a player? I think there's definitely ambitions I've never um, fulfilled that I've, I've obviously wanted to do and have dreamt about doing and still dream about doing. Um, but I think I just need to take it each season as it comes. Um, in terms of injuries, look, I think cruciates, two cruciates always take a couple of yards off you. And, and I think um, when you've done them, you realise it. Um, but I am still ambitious. Obviously, I've had to go into the real world and get myself a, a real job. Um, but, look, you never know what the future can hold, and I, I'm, I'm positive about it. But as I say, I, I'm very happy with where I am at the minute in terms of injuries, club, work, in my head. I'm, I'm in a good place, and I think that's all you can ask. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Fraser. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me on. Dave, big game on Wednesday before we're back. Yes. So it could be, show could be very different next Monday. I have every optimism um, that it will be a really good Monday and we will be talking about getting through to the next round of the cup and we'll be talking about a good victory over Ross County. Almost and upwards. Yes. Well, obviously, before then, the Red Friday guys are back at 6 pm on North Sound 1 this Friday. This has been the Red Review. North Sound 1 Red Review.